Welcome to this episode of WikiWalks, a short podcast devoted to some of the more intriguing and, huh, who knew, articles that you can run across in the weird world of Wikipedia. I'm your host, Chris Grismer. With all the talk recently of brands looking at their logos and trying to escape long-standing stereotypical imagery, most notably Aunt Jemima, I am reminded of a syrupy disaster that befell one of our great American cities. Boston might be known as Bean Town or a shining city upon a hill, or just Baston, but in 1919, Boston had an event that made it known for molasses. Molasses, for those who don't know, is a byproduct of the sugar-making process, basically a very thick, sweet, sickly syrup, and it goes great on pancakes, waffles, but not people. Not people, as you'll find out. On January 15, 1919, it was an unseasonably warm, balmy 40 degrees. The Purity Distilling Company had just received a shipment of molasses the day prior, and its storage tank was filled to the brim. Quick note, the company wasn't actually in the business of selling the sweet stuff, but rather to make booze and bombs, and they were in a race against the clock with the approach of prohibition. So they were trying to crank out as much hooch as humanly possible. It had been previously chilly that week, but when a sudden increase in temperature fell on New England, the thermal expansion of the previously cold molasses blew apart its metal container. Witnesses reported feeling the ground shake, and the sound of a freight train got closer and closer, and eventually turned into thunderclap-like bangs as rivets shot out in every direction. Now, important here is that molasses is 40% more dense than water. So the potential energy on display here is enormous, way more than your typical seawater situation. The wave at its peak was right at 25 feet high, moving at 35 miles per hour. So the next time someone says you're slower than molasses, don't take offense because molasses can straight up move. The wave was so strong that it drove steel panels into Boston's elevated railway girders and caused it to come tumbling down. It knocked over streetcars. It literally swept buildings off their foundation and crushed them. Several city blocks were flooded with molasses up to three feet, and lower elevation streets, much more. From the Boston Globe at the time, they wrote, Molasses, waist-deep, covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and there struggled to form. Whether it was animal or human being was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mess, showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. People were picked up by a rush of air and thrown about, and a truck was carried into the Boston Harbor. The whole area was one giant waffle drowning in syrup, and as temperatures began to fall again, the molasses began to increase its viscosity, trapping those caught in the wave and making rescue increasingly difficult. It's hard enough to extricate yourself from the center of a football field's worth of waist-deep syrup, much less enter said area and rescue someone else. Also, this is just how you get ants. Over 150 people were injured and 21 people were killed. Scores of horses were buried under the molasses as well. Many of the dead were so glazed over that they were nearly impossible to identify. As you can imagine, the people of Boston were less than pleased with the Purity Distilling Company. It turns out that they were engaged in several grossly negligent practices. The tank was built with the wrong metal, built to half the thickness it should have been, and so much molasses would leak out of the sides that they painted the tanks brown so you wouldn't notice. 
They were taken to court in one of the first class action suits and was ordered to pay a cool $1 million out to victims in the city. Cleanup crews used salt water from a fireboat to wash away the molasses and sand to absorb it. It took months, and the harbor was stained brown until summer. The city remained sticky for years as people had tracked the molasses all over to trains, payphones, streetcars, restaurants, you name it. In some of the hardest hit sections of Boston's, you can actually see a stain line where the molasses flowed. And old time residents of the area claim that on a particularly hot summer's day, you can still catch a faint whiff of the sweet stuff. And all that's left today now is just a small plaque denoting the event as the area rebuilt and once again thrived. So just remember, the next time you find yourself in a sticky situation, just be thankful that at least it doesn't involve molasses. Mm-hmm.